my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. Fortnite's in the news this week, but we'll get to that. All right, so last week we had, well, we weren't here last week, but the week before last we had a very in-depth breaking news about the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Uh... This week, the top news story, Terrence Howard retiring from acting. Okay. You were supposed to say, after Iron Man, because who cares? We haven't seen him do anything since Iron Man in 2008. He did that TV show. What TV show? The one, the one, it's like a, it's like a nighttime soap opera with all black people about the music industry. Oh, yeah. Hustle? Hustler? No, uh, you're thinking of another movie he did called something Hustle. No, it's just a TV show. It's his got the Juicy Smollier was in it and Taraji. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Henson, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good thing we have such a diverse cast on this show that we know what's going on with that. That is there anyone that we know? If you if you know the name of the show, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. It's Empire. 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 Good mm-hmm. job. Hey, I just realized something. Yeah? You don't have a mic? I don't have a mic. At all? <laughs> well, I'm not plugged in. It's not, oh, not that important. It's only a podcast. Don't need a microphone. Professionalism at Nothing. its peak. Shut up. 100 years, Sandwich. <laughs> We're doing this podcast. 100 years. 100 years. Oh, uh, while he's while while the patriarch of this show sets up his microphone for a podcast, let's do the social medias. Uh, be sure you're following the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG in all those places. You can check us out at geekstufftng.com. Uh, you can call the GVM line 201-730-2547. You can interact with us via email. 
at geeksoftng at gmail.com. Or if you really want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash geekstufftng for just a dollar a month. You get access to the show's private Discord server where you can chat with members of the show. Be sure to mention Kev if you want him to actually respond. For $3 a month, it's the early bird special. You get a copy of the prep sheet, which is you know about 10 pages at this point, uh, plus the show as soon as we're done uh, editing them. Uh, for $5 a month, you get the bonus round, right? Weekend bonus shows like the Sandwich Shop or the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And for $10 a month, you get to watch the show live on Instagram Live, where you can watch Kev plug in the his microphone. microphone. <laughs> I can't even make a joke about it. It's just, <laughs> it just makes me giggle. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> this show, Geeks of TNG, sponsored by Parm Crisps. Now the I wonderful have- snack that you need. While you listen. Now I have to put the Palm Chris commercial in at the break, which I will do. Oh, all right. So moving on from... Snack mix this week, folks. Sorry, just trying to make sure what, we uh, let them know what we're having. What what flavor? Snack The snack mix. The wonderful... Yeah. Well, the flavor is Parm and crisp. Ranch. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, all right. Which Hollywood director do you want to talk about first? The famous one. Oh, you got to be more specific. Um, um, wow. <laughs> you got to be more specific. Gun. <laughs> Gun. Nope, that's not the one. You want to talk about Quentin Tarantino or James Cameron? I like Tarantino, so let's start there. Tarantino. Tarantino says the reason he hasn't done a Marvel movie is because he's not a hired hand. He's not looking for a job. So he makes his own shit, right? I mean, I guess. I, I don't think anyone wants Tarantino to do it. Not that I, yeah. It, it would sound, it actually sounds horrible in theory, actually. Because Tarantino just doesn't have the, like, I feel like the beats for a superhero anything. Well, he he was just would be able to do it. I mean, he was going to do a Star Trek movie. Is yeah, that that's significantly not, different? In my mind, it is. Definitely sci-fi different. versus comic sci-fi is different kind of like genre still it's still the sci-fi genre but i feel like you know peter parker and bruce wayne and all that stuff is still much more grounded than kurt and spock and all that stuff in space on the explorer or whatever did you say kurt on the t explorer (laughs) wait a minute i never saw the star trek the the star trek we're on a star trek a trek through the stars if you will wow Did, did you say what did you say the captain's name is I said Kirk. I said Kurt, I think. Kurt. It is Kirk with a K. Like Kirk oh. Cameron. Maybe you'll know Kirk Cameron. I mean, I don't know if that means anything to you. Um, he knows him from that science fiction movie, the, the, what's it called? Shit. It was a good joke, but I forgot the name of the damn movie. <laughs> the, the one where he gets taken, where everyone gets taken by God except him. And oh, Left Behind. Life. Left Behind. Yeah, yeah, left behind. Very famous uh, Christian book series. The rapture. Yeah, made into a movie, left behind. Yes, about the end of days in the rapture. Um, anyway, yeah. So Quentin Tarantino says that he's not a hired hand. He also says that, and then Sam Jackson basically, uh, kind of, uh, in a rare uh, disagreement with Quentin Tarantino, says that he do he does think Quentin Tarantino doesn't think that. Uh, Marvel actors are movie stars, and I think Sam Jackson disagrees with that. 
because obviously it's made him a star. Um, I, there's this weird thing I feel like with people who are like I don't understand like an old guard because I wouldn't put Tarantino and like Scorsese in that same category. They're they're both like very famous. They've made a lot of fantastic films. I can't take that away from them. But I guess the, because they're like, oh, we're classic cinema, whereas they're looking down on these, no. these you know, superhero oh. movies. Tar- you don't put Tarantino in the same class as Scorsese, but Tarantino puts Tarantino in the same <laughs> class as Scorsese. Yes, yes. I think he's great. I think, I think like, Scorsese is, you know, the A class, and Tarantino's, like, a solid B. You know, still great. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't say Tarantino. And, but there are... I mean, there, there's a difference to their film, right? Tarantino's all about the dialogue. And I mean, I mean, I think that like Tarantino and Kevin Smith are more in line, right? It's much yeah. more about character and dialogue than it is about the the shots, you know, about well, the direction. Or writing. If, hmm? in, in the case of the most recent Kevin Smith film. Yeah, I haven't seen Clerks 3 yet. Did you see it? Yeah. And? Oh, you, I think you said you, that it was, it was just fan sad. service. You didn't like it? It was sad. Mm. Tarantino would do a Marvel film if they could turn Iron Fist into Iron Feet and he could put whoever he wants in it. This is true. This is true. Uh, maybe and that would be his, his tenth and final film. He he says that uh, he's only going to do one more movie and it's going to be his last one. Um, mm-hmm. The Feetening. The Feetening. <laughs> um, he also, uh, there was an article that said that they had want, that the studio had wanted him to cast Johnny Depp in Pulp Fiction. But apparently they got uh, Vinny Barbarino instead. Who do they want him to be? Oh, they just they wanted Johnny Depp to be in it. So they just want him in it. I'm assuming that they wanted him to play the uh, Travolta. Travolta part. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I see him more as the guy in the in the diner who tried to rob it with his girlfriend. I feel like that role fits him a like would fit him more than anything else in there. Really, I don't see him fitting anyone else's spot. Honey Bunny. Is is he is he honey bunny? So, yeah, because she's pumpkin, right? It's supposed to be in theory. I guess. Good he, he, he call. Good call. Yeah. That is that is the list of names recently went viral, which included Johnny Depp as the second for the role of pumpkin. Oh, he's pumpkin and she's honey bunny. Sorry. Uh, and Tim it was Roth. one or the other. Yeah. So Tim, so yeah, that was Tim Roth's part. The abomination. Yeah. The abomination yeah. in uh, Pulp Fiction. There. Yeah, that's the only Wasn't role. That that Amanda Plummer as the other one. Is that who it is? Is that the right name? Is that her? Honey bunny. Jeez, now I gotta look it up. I've seen her in one other thing. I don't know. If is that she... uh, who's her dad? Isn't doesn't she have a famous dad? That is Amanda Plummer. I don't think she's related to Christopher Plummer. Is she? I don't know. That was my question when you said that's her dad. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, she. Yeah, that's she was in the the Pulp Fictions. Do you know who her dad is, Sandwich? Christopher Plummer. Do you know what Christopher Plummer is famous for, Sandwich? No. He did a movie you might have seen called The Sound of Music. Uh, he was Captain Von Trapp. He oh. sang Edelweiss and made you cry. And he also played a Klingon general in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. You I don't Patrick. remember the general's name. Probably began with the K. Kang? I don't know. I don't know. If you know the name of the Klingon general played by Christopher Plummer in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country? Is that mm-hmm. Star Trek VI? What was five? Yep. Five was the voyage home? No. 
Four was Voyage Home. Five was uh, the one with God, the one Shatner directed. The one with God? No, no. I mean, You're it, laughing. It that's exactly that's what, the plot. That, that is the description. What, what, why does God need a spaceship? Um, no, Starship. Starship. Uh, what yeah. does God need with a Starship? Oh, hey. Speaking of, speaking of. Huh? Oh, yeah. Cool. That God. Photoshop came out awesome. Dude, it is not a Photoshop. <laughs> I stood right living. next to him. I stood next to William Shatner for a full second and a half while they took that picture. Nice. It, it, I have to show you my picture of me and him and Leonard Nimoy. Oh, really? Oh, man. I want to see that. I don't know where it is. Oh, yeah, Damn, it was. It's in New Jersey. It, it was such an incredible uh, assembly line. Just next, next, next. Like you, there was, and you know, there's yep. there's the uh, plexiglass in between. I that, what, what I witnessed with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. But but I got my picture with him to save his life, you know. To to I sacrificed the cash. All the money in the world is not going to save William Shatner's life for very long. But I'm not going to be responsible for not getting the photo and having him die. So I am no, absolved of of any. Got him some scotch. <laughs> that might be what that was that paid for, but that's yeah. about it. So, all right. So uh, anyway, so so what was the one with God though? Not the fifth one that you guys yeah. just said. Star Trek Five. Yeah. So it's it's it is the fifth one. The motion picture, the Wrath of Khan, the Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Voyage Home. The fifth one, the fifth one, and the Undiscovered Country. Man, that no, I got to look it and up. Too. After Undiscovered Country was Generations, I think. Generations and then Insurrection, right? For all Star, no, no, Star no, Trek no, related no. questions. No, Generations, then. First contact, I think, and then insurrection, and then no insurrection was last. So the one with um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Picard's son clone that was portrayed by Venom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy. I don't remember the name of that one either. I can't think of it. The Final Frontier. Star Trek. Five. Oh, that's five. Yeah. Well, what's the what are the ones we're missing then? Five is Final Frontier, six is Undiscovered Country, seven is, I think, Generations, eight, I think, is uh, uh, First Contact, nine, I think, is the one that I can't remember, and I think ten, is ten the the one with the clone that I'm forgetting? Nemesis. Nemesis. Was that the last one? Uh... Or no, Insurrection was the last one. No, no, no. So it, it's Motion Picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Final Frontier, Undiscovered Country, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, Nemesis, and then Star Trek, this is the Kelvin universe, yeah, Star Trek the Into Darkness, universe. Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Again, what's the big difference between the Kelvin universe and the regular universe? There's no colon after Star Trek. It's Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference. There's no colon. And they had a worse person play uh, Khan in those movies. Correct. But pasty Englishman playing a North Indian Sikh. Right. But the, I mean, you know, but what's his name playing Bones is really good. I mean, he he does a great. Paul Urban, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. 
I, I was not he opposed it more to than anybody. Yeah, he was the he was the best casting, but everybody else did a very good job of, at their parts, including Chris Pine as, as thought, Kirk. I honestly thought it would be that kid who played Spock, whose name I don't remember. Uh, uh, Zachary Kinto. Zach Kinto, right? I thought it would be him because he looks like him, and he had the mannerisms down, and he was really great. But man. Carl Urban nailed it. He nailed it. I mean, yeah, it was like it, it, he was channeling uh, DeForest Kelly. It oh was, it was God, great. Absolutely. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, and, and Zach Kinto also had the benefit of, you know, Leonard Nimoy being there. Yes. Literally in the same film, playing the same character. Whereas Carl Urban, I mean, DeForest Kelly died in what, 80 something, 90? Maybe 88, 89, 90, somewhere in there. And so he, he had the benefit of nothing, watching those shows over and over, and maybe the movies. But he nailed it. Holy God, did he nail it. He died 1999, DeForest Kelly did. 99? Yeah. Wow, I thought it was much earlier than that. Huh. I thought Scotty died around that time period. <laughs> Yeah. 99 or maybe i'm wrong maybe he was early 2000s and i'm just forgetting they're all dead now except kirk and sulu and they're and locked in a battle of eternal of, of it, old guys <laughs> just old and you know what you you know what for all the for all the fuss back and forth between the two of them you you gotta smack shatner in the mouth for saying what he said most recently was I don't understand why a bunch of day players had such big problems. And it's like, wow, dude, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. You can't be calling. The guy isn't a day player. He didn't have a red shirt on. You know, he wasn't like, he he wasn't a day player. I mean, he might have been, you know, I mean, technically, I guess. I mean, he was a named character, had lines, had character, was in all the movies with him and everything. How could you call him a fucking day player? You know, it's just, it's rude. <laughs> he, you know, um, Joan Collins was a day player, technically. Yeah. yeah. Collins was a day player. What's her name who just died in the last couple of years? Sally Kellerman was a day player. You know, the guy, Gary, uh, the guy that played Gary Mitchell, who was also in 2001, day player. Those are day players. They came on, they did their episode, and off they went. Sulu wasn't a fucking day player. Are you fucking kidding? And you know, and he said a bunch of day players, which means he's implying the rest of them have nothing to gripe about either. <laughs> That's stupid. I mean, he just if he had ignored it and kept his mouth shut, George Takei has every right to be upset about the way he and the character were treated and and Bill Shatner's involvement in that he's every right to be upset and he has every right to talk about it till the day he dies and i'm sure he will <laughs> but Shatner's is just stupid for responding to it i saw a an old interview with Leonard nimoy and they were talking about how like originally there was gonna there wasn't quite so much spock it's just that the character was like a breakout character like like fonzie right like he was, was gonna be there but he yeah. was not supposed to be as integral to the show and his part got dramatically increased right away Um, well and also he was a day player in the pilot oh yeah 
Yeah, in the pilot with Jeffrey Hunter, he was a day player. He was he was the the science guy. There was not there was Jeffrey Hunter and Major Barrett were and possibly the doctor were the three characters on that show that like seemed very forward thinking like we're going to see these people and we're going to learn more about these people and so I definitely did not get that impression about Spock. I did I didn't get that impression about anybody on in the pilot except those three. What was the title of the pilot sandwich? Star Trek. <laughs> it's yes, the kid. And then a colon and then Adventures. It's it's the cage, right? Is that the No, no. Oh, wait, wait. that's a shame. Oh, hold on. No, I, I can't remember. What's the title of the pilot? Oh, I'm not telling you oh, now. Look it. it up. I gotta look it up. The cage was a two-parter that used the footage from the original pilot to, you know, basically they wanted to use the footage they already had of the original pilot. And, you know, and by doing so, expand the universe. Um, and, you know, there was, I mean, they, they changed a lot of things from the pilot. Spock, at one point in the pilot, the original pilot that you're looking the name, he grabs a plant and he gives the biggest toothy grin smile you've ever seen in your life to whoever was standing next to him. That was quickly written out. The emotions were written out. You know, that's then that's one change. I mean, there was a lot of other changes too. Do 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 Jeffrey Hunter. I don't know how you're looking it up. Major Barrett, Jeffrey Hunter. This is the man trap. But that can't be it because the original was in black and white. No, it wasn't. The, I thought the the no. pilot the, the pilot they no. filmed was in black and white, and so that the so the no. footage that they use was in black and white. Is that not right? No, not in black and white. Try looking up Jeffrey Hunter. You're killing G-E-O. me. G-E-O. People love to listen to Scott freaking searching searching stuff? for no, that. I- no, I think what they like is the awkwardness that you came right out of the gate with. It's the cage. That is the pilot episode. What's that? Jeffrey Hunter. You said Jeffrey Hunter. Uh huh. Am I supposed to look up Star Trek episode? The first, yeah. I mean, if you look up Jeffrey Hunter, look in his TV credits. It's there. It says the cage oh. is the pilot first pilot episode of the American television ser- series. That's oh, what Wikipedia says. Thing. Maybe it's the cage. God damn it. I was right all that time that we... Pilot, you, you've wasted everyone's pilot, time. The second pilot, the one with Kirk, was where no man has gone before. All right. And that's the one with Gary Mitchell and Sally Kellerman, which everyone was red herringed into believing Into Darkness was going to be the story of in the Kelvin universe movie. So the second Chris Pine Star Trek movie, the one that had Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan Noonien Singh. (laughs) Everyone was red herringed into believing that it was going to be Cumberbatch as Gary Mitchell and uh, uh, what's her name? Alice Eve as the Sally Kellerman role, because they even cut her hair the same way. I mean, it, don't get me started. I hate that movie so much. So yeah, much. I mean, I for, for me, it's supposed to. It's supposed to have. It it just does not have the emotions of Wrath of Khan, right? Wrath of Khan, 
arguably the best Star Trek movie. And, you know, still, I mean, you know, I, I'll get emotional anytime I watch it, every time. And, and then springboarding from an episode as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, and but then you go to the Kelvin universe, and although, again, the actors play the characters very well, the characters at this point in their development have not earned the gravity of the loss of Spock in Wrath of Khan when you go into into dark it just didn't it didn't work and it really upset me it i just didn't work for a million other reasons yeah. you know it didn't work because benedict cumberbatch's casting was a, was a, an affront that would never happen today because indian people would be up in arms yeah no you're right up i mean there, i'm up in arms now there's there's and it's how many years later a decade yeah when you talk about like like that kind of casting right people are upset with Brendan Fraser wearing a fat suit in his most recent movie. Wait, he was wearing a fat suit? I just thought he bulked up for the whale. You mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's not, it's not all him. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the point. It is that, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's at least to large groups an expectation that if you have a disabled character, you hire a disabled actor. If you have you know, I, I mean, if you if you have a gay character, yeah, you hire a gay actor. Yeah, that's that's an we're, expectation. We're way off the topic. All right. And the topic is that um, that movie sucked. It just sucked. It sucked bad. And you know, and the shame of it is, is J.J. Abrams had it incredibly easy because he could have taken any two episodes from the original series. And combine them into a movie. For example, he could have taken Gary Mitchell, the Gary Mitchell story. They could have had taken Gary, the Gary Mitchell story, had Benedict Cumberbatch as Gary Mitchell, Alice Eve as Sally Kellerman's role, whoever it was. And they could have mixed that with some plot of another episode. They could have mixed the two. And it was a beautiful roadmap. And they could have continued doing that. You know, and they could have taken the most popular episodes and, and and somehow used and combined them. You know, we could have had a new version of Harry Mudd. We could have had uh, the the comedy of the Tribbles counterposed with the uh, you know uh, 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 with with some more serious you know episode or something. You know, you could have had the Mirror Mirror universe and you know some some other. There was a million things they could have done with the Kelvin universe using stuff that already existed, telling those stories in a different way, which is the whole point of the Kelvin universe is that things happen differently. Well, if things happen differently, this is an opportunity for you to say, well, you know what? Tribbles are really popular and the mirror universe episodes are really popular. How can we combine, maybe not those two, but how can we combine those popular episodes like Trelane? That's a popular episode. What, you know, maybe somehow, uh, there's Trelane and something. The the point is, I mean, they could have brought the they could have brought the Bo- Trelane could have brought the Borg in instead of uh, Q doing it in the Next Generation timeline and different. I mean, the 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 point is, there's so much stuff that they could have done, and the fact that they went to the well on the second movie mm-hmm. by going for Khan, who is again arguably the greatest Star Trek villain in in the pantheon. And they not only did they do it, they fucked it up and they fucked it up royal so much so that I'm surprised that third movie got made. 
which also was okay but not great yeah. because it had no it had no soul you know it it had nothing what did it have action sequences all right but you know that's not you know, you're missing the point if that's all you see in star trek is the action sequence and you certainly didn't see them in the original series not saying there weren't some but it certainly wasn't the point of the thing karate chop and then there's this one, right? You, you Kirk, put, Fu, Kirk Fu. Kirk Fu. You put your two hands together and then swing both yeah. hands and hit somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk Fu. I, that's, that's almost how he beat Khan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let's, let's bring the kid back. Hey, Sandwich, you want to talk about some other director? Sandwich is going to watch Star Trek. <laughs> no. Sandwich, Sandwich is going to watch Star Trek. Why? It's not even relevant anymore. Of course it's relevant. There's new Star Trek episodes of new shows right now. Do you know, sir, how much of your life comes from Star Trek? Are you even aware? I, why, I don't know why I'm shattering my way through that description. <laughs> you you know, know how much? Do you know, Mr. Sandwich? How, how much of your life? Star Trek's affecting your life. <laughs> Are you even no. aware of the possibilities? No. Well, it, well it's true. Cell phone. Cell phone. It's true. Okay. Totally true. And a million other things as well. Not a joke. Not even a joke. Touchscreen, right? Touchscreen. Yeah. Yep. Another one. I still love the, the line in, I think it's the voyage home. You know, hello, computer. No, you have to use the mouse. And Scotty picks up the mouse. I hello, it computer. Up and he talking into yeah, it. That's great. And he goes, just use the keyboard. And Scotty goes, a keyboard? How quaint. <laughs> yeah, that's a hysterical movie. And Sandwich, you will one day appreciate these things because I will make it my mission before my un untimely death at 106 to make sure that you have watched every single episode and movie of every series. Of okay, which, what, what, can I cut out like like DS9 and I don't have to do, right? No, no, no. no DS9's no. the DS9, best. You, have to, you absolutely have to do DS9. You can cut out Voyager. Yeah, okay, DS9, I mean, DS9 is can cut. I know that. Sucks. If we can at least Voyager talk about sucks. ones I can cut. And the new yeah. one. And the new one, Explorer. Is that what it is? That one ain't so good either. How, how did you feel about I, Enterprise, the Scott Bakula one? I never finished it, so I'm I can't be a judge. I didn't hate it, but I also wasn't the biggest fan of it. But I definitely watched all of Voyager, and I just waited for that show to turn, and it did. But it turned worse. So no, I, I have like nine movies to watch, three seasons of the first. Yeah, first you got to watch all three seasons yeah. of the original series, and then and then the cartoon yeah. of the original series. I mean, technically, you could skip the cartoon because they don't canon anything. It's technically canon, but there's no other references to it that I'm aware of. He has to watch Next Generation. He's got to watch all those. He's got to watch DS9. He's got to watch all those. You could probably skip. You could definitely skip Voyager. You could probably skip, probably skip Enterprise. You can more than likely skip Explorer. Because that show sucks. Where No Man Has Gone Before. Is that the new one? I think that's the new Boldly one. Go. To Bolt. Whatever the, the one with Anson Mount as P Chris Pike. Black Bolt. Yeah, as Chris Pike. That one is probably a must, but I can't say it because I haven't seen it. And if you like Next Generation, you may like Picard, but it's only three seasons. 
and there's at least one character in there is is a character that's from Voyager. So there would be some explanation involved. No, nothing deep. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, the jury's out for me on Picard. But although apparently this season is is bringing the entire cast back. Yeah, basically they're all coming back. So, I haven't I haven't watched uh, season two of that yet. I'll get to I, it. I haven't gotten through like see. I'm I don't think I'm through episode four of the first season. I just was not into it at all. I'm really excited about watching that Anson Mount one, but I haven't watched it yet. And yeah, I mean, yeah. So really, sandwich. It's original series, next generation, DS nine for sure. And then after that, it's kind of like, eh. You you could pick your poison a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You'll understand all the movies if you just watch the original series and DS uh, and and Next Generation. You'll be fine through all the movies. But Even for sure, Deep Space Nine, Nine is 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 solid. All like it gets better and better and better. Uh, yeah. The, the only thing is, where do I? I guess uh, besides physical media, like can I watch? Oh, I'm sure it's on Paramount Plus. I'm sure all of it's Paramount on Paramount has Plus. Every Star Trek thing ever. Yeah. Um, and and I you could argue that uh, Gold Ducat gives Khan a run for his money as best Star Trek villain. I, I yeah, I, you know, I've heard that comparison and I don't disagree. I don't know how much giving him a run for his money he does, but he definitely is a, a pretty, a pretty good villain. Yeah. Especially because he's the, the villain for the whole, the whole name? series, you know, what's his, you know, there's so much great about DS nine. We could literally spend the rest of this show just talking about the good things that came out of DS nine, but we won't because there's probably other news. How on earth did we get here? <laughs> what did uh, sandwich do to get us here? I, you know, how did I get us here? <laughs> No, it was de- um, someone's gonna die. Directors, William Shatner picture, boom. Oh, well, that was. It, it, we started with Tarantino, and he was gonna direct a Star Trek movie, and that got us down the rabbit hole. So let's talk about a different director. What about James Cameron? I heard the Avatar Two Electric Boogaloo wasn't horrible. Yeah, I heard that he's putting it in for Best Picture, even though it hasn't opened yet. I think it did open. Didn't open. I think it's the fifteenth. Uh, I think it's Friday. I thought it was the tenth. Hmm, pretty sure it's the fifteenth. Am I it wrong? It can't be the tenth. But I'm losing my mind. Fifteenth, couldn't it? I don't know. What's um, Friday? What is the date of Friday? The date of Friday is yeah, sixteenth. Sixteenth. Yeah. No, you're right, Kev. You got me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's when it opens. By the way, have you both seen Black Panther now? I have not seen it yet. Not yet. I, I know the broad strokes of it. I saw it. Oh, it's, yeah. finally, it's finally on the island. I think we should talk about it, but I don't want to ruin it for the both of you. Let's let's I don't wait. Care. Let's wait till. I mean, but it's out on video. I mean, till it hits. Yeah, Disney Plus. Then we can talk. Then we can hit it because I won't get to see it. Till when then. is that though? When when does it hit Disney Plus? I got yeah. something. Right? After it closes or something, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess it's still doing. It's still number one in the box office, so it may not happen before the end. Of the I year. have to actually. I have to put. Uh, I have to put West Coast Scott on assignment before we talk about it. You need to go find the episode that we did when Chadwick Boseman died. Oh, okay. And you need to find in there where I laid out what's going to happen in the sequel, and see how much of it. I was right about. All right. 
Sandwich remembers. Yeah. That was a very sad day. That episode was really sad because, and I remember, you know, not, not to wax nostalgic to what a year ago or a year and a half ago or two, whatever it was, but you know, the, the pictures on Instagram and Twitter and everything else of the little kids who were holding black Panther funerals with their action figures mm-hmm. and doing, and doing the Wakanda forever. Yeah. And having all their little action figures, you know, the ones that don't have shitty articulation, having them do it as well at the little funeral, that was fucked up. I mean, in a, in a good way, but, you know, it was like, wow. And I was very, I'll say this much about it. I liked the sequel. I liked a lot of things about the sequel. Um, I don't think it's a big secret that Namor is in the sequel. I, I liked Namor. I liked the namor people i like the they they give a background i don't know that that's the comic background it might be but i don't remember but i liked it and you know there were things i didn't like but i there was a lot a lot to like was there was there any room for was it the the defenders namor and captain america i mean there's they were together in the in world war too, right? The invaders. The invaders. Was there any, any room for that in the no. in the movie? Only in the sense that Namor has been around for a long time and it could have happened. There's no indication whatsoever that it did. All right. I wonder if they'll uh, it would have been more than Namor anyway. Yeah. I wonder if they'll been. if they'll what use that in a in a what if, you know, if they'll get the invaders in a I, what if episode. I mean, they that would be the place for it. Yeah, because you have him, you have you have enough allusions to the evaders, not illusions, allusions, meaning suggested material. Like, for example, in the first Captain America movie, the first Avenger at the uh, World's Fair, at the Stark's World's Fair, they have the human torch robot. Yeah. In like a glass case or whatever it is. So that existed. Um uh you know so you have that you have namor you have captain america you have bucky these were all members of the invaders you need like wizard who was like the first sort of flash type character and he was part of the invaders i'm i'm forget there's at least one or two more that i'm forgetting but i mean there hasn't been any allu- allusion to those characters but you have at least 3 4 of them technically yeah. So entirely possible, but highly unlikely. So, all right. So let's get to let's get to Avatar: Way of the Water. Um, here's here's the thing. Here's the quote from James Cameron: "I make epic movies. That's what I do." And the problem is, he's not wrong. I mean, you, you know, it's like I, I saw a different article that basically said, you know, every other time Cameron's made a movie, people were like, "Oh, you're crazy. This is never going to work." You know. I mean, look at Titanic, look at the first Avatar, you know, like he spent so much money, he created new ways to do things so that he could do his movie, and then it, you know, it becomes the number one movie of all time. So, I mean, we really shouldn't, like, doubt him, but it, you know, like we're saying, oh, who's going to care about Avatar 10 years later or whatever, but, I mean, you know, he's his. we really should default to his track record and give him the benefit of the doubt, I think more than I have at least, but I didn't really care about Avatar that much. Mm-hmm. 
Sam, uh, you're an avatar, aren't you? I, I am an avatar. Uh, um, I, I think this movie might have benefited, if possible. I, I don't know if maybe he needs 30 years to write a movie um, with coming out sooner. Because if the first one came out in 2009, you know, it, could this have come out? 2017 maybe at least within a decade from here's here's the, last the test one. here's the test name three characters from avatar uh jake sully jake sully uh-huh um there's the grace is the is zigourney weaver mm-hmm. and um i can't think like i can i, I see can't even name three actors from avatar i can give you sigourney weaver and zoe saldana and that's it so saldana and then um yeah, what's like, his name? Name another got, movie he's done. Who, right. that, guy, that guy who's the main yeah, character? The guy playing Jake. Oh, my God. And I, where has he been since the last Avatar movie? He's done stuff, I feel like. Oh, yeah? I just looked him up. I couldn't, I not think of did, did you see? Did you see the, there was an interview um, with... We know uh, who else was in it. Um, The lady... Uh, is it Michelle Rodriguez? She does all the Fast and Furious movies. She was in it, too. Really? Oh, jeez. Yeah. There, there was an interview with Matt Damon basically saying that uh, Cameron wanted him to play Jake Sully, and and he turned it down, and he said that uh, Cameron had offered him points, like a piece of the film, and he turned it down, and he goes, so nobody has turned down more money than me for, for a role, <laughs> yep. because I turned down a piece of Avatar. Yep, that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did Clash of the Titans. He did the shitty, the, the remakes. Uh-huh. And? <laughs> yeah. Exile Ridge. You'll see it. Keep looking. I don't know what you're looking for. Yeah, it'll come. I don't. I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I don't know. I don't read know. Off his, read off his filmography. After Avatar. I'm about to say his name. <laughs> Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Uh-huh. Sounds right like a made-up name. Right, right, from, right from the top. Read his from the top. Yeah, from his filmography. Go ahead. Right. Uh, Bootman, Matter Live, Hearts War, Dirty Deeds, Getting Square, Somersault, Thunderstruck, The Great Raid, Macbeth. Who's in Macbeth? Oh, that's cool. Who's in the shitty Terminator movie? Oh, whoa! What was that? What What was that one? Terminator Salvation. Oh, he was in Terminator Salvation, and who did he play? Marcus Wright. Mm-hmm. There you go. Terminator Salvation. The shittiest of the Terminator movies. <laughs> that came out the same year as Avatar. Yeah, I know. He was really big for, for a minute. And then, yeah, and then, and, the, the and then he followed right up with Clutch of the Titans, yeah. Uh-huh. Then he waited a couple years, did Wrath of the Titans. Uh huh. A shitty, a shitty sequel that no one needed. And then he kind of just hung out. Hacksaw Ridge is, was a good movie. I didn't. I don't what remember did him he being do in after it. after like uh, Clash of the Titans two. More Titans. What did he do after? Oh, that? The, the, the Tightening. Um, <laughs> the Tightening. Oh, not good. much. <laughs> he was but in a movie called much. The Titan. But he came off the biggest movie ever made. What do you mean, not much? Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know Cuba Gooding Jr. Remember him? Yeah, <laughs> won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. What did he do after? Boat Trip. 
Name one movie. Yeah, Boat Trip. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Daddy's Daycare? Was that him? No. <laughs> I mean, he was in about, Boys in the Hood before how about, that. How about Radio? When they try to capitalize on the, you know, on the, uh, uh, what, what, what RDJ taught us from right. Tropic Thunder. You never go full R word, and he did. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> And what's he doing now? Time. <laughs> yeah, he's he's had some issues as well, exactly. hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Man. All right. So I mean, I guess the 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 question is, do we hate not, it out of the gate, or do we just do we not criticize Cameron and just assume that he knows what he's doing because? He's no. always been doubted in advance and then proven accurate in the in the long run. You go and see the picture if you, it interests you to do so. And when you've seen the picture, you can then say, I did not like it. I liked it. I like this about it. I did not like that. And so on and so on and so on. Oh, it, and then it, he, he couldn't no make different, it. He should be treated no differently than any other director. Who is he, Spielberg? You know, like, all right, he's had some big movies. So is Spielberg. You don't see Spielberg going out and going, I'm the best filmmaker because 300 billion people have seen my movie. Yeah, that's because you released it eight times. How many releases has that movie had? How many releases has Titanic had in his desperation to have the number one box office film of all time? They just released Stupid Avatar again. Yep. You know why? Because because half of the people weren't alive to see it, uh, who who are probably going to see the sequel. So dumb. He should be criticized like everybody else because he's a human being and capable of mistakes, and he's made plenty. I was thinking about the uh, the James Cameron South Park episode. He went out to like the Antarctic to raise the bar. The bar. The physical bar was at the bottom of the ocean. And everyone doubted him and said, James Cameron cannot raise the bar. And by the end of the episode, he raises the bar. And then Avatar goes, it's, fa- it's a fantastic, one of the many fantastic South Park episodes of all time. Um, where James Cameron raises the bar. And people told him he couldn't. And they called him crazy. Yep. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Or is that oh. it? No, yeah. no. Is there news? Is there... I mean, I, I, well, we spent all our time talking about this stuff. What about, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's skip over some of this stuff. Oh. Let's talk about, um, I don't know. Should we do, I think I think we need to do a uh, an in-memoriam segment. Huh? Oh, I, I, I was suggesting maybe you want to do some quick hits. Oh, I was going to do, oh, all right, let's do quick hits. Um He's dead. Huh? Who's dead? Oh, so many people. We can start quick, with quick hit. Quick hits. Richard Miller. Who's that? The guy that designed Princess Leia's gold bikini. Oh yeah, and a lot uh, of other things. A lot of other, it looks like did he design the? Uh, um, I mean, the picture of him sitting here is the with the Rocketeer helmet, as worn by yes. Big Kev playing poker. Uh, the very same helmet. Yeah, not the very same one, but yeah, similar. So you know, he yeah, worked he for ILM, right? He's a sculptor. So I am obviously upset that I never got to meet him as a result. 
What else you got? Uh, let's see. Terrence O'Hara, Smallville Angel, NCIS director. Uh, how about George Newall, creator nope. of Schoolhouse Rock? Oh, dies at age eighty-eight. We all learned so much about everything. sandwich. Certainly, you remember one of the ditties of Schoolhouse Rock. Why don't you give us a little rendition? Oh, you're talking to me. No, the other. That was, that was another sandwich in the room over here. I was looking for him. No, yes. never Schoolhouse Rock. Never the the Jack Black one. <laughs> no, that's no, School, that's of, School Rock. of Rock. Exactly. That's Schoolhouse how much I know. Or a little educational. Was that the one where it's like about a bill and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, very good. That's that's one of them. Probably yeah, one of the most famous. I'm just a bill. Oh, I don't think conjunction junction. Probably conjunction the most. junction. What's your function? There you exactly. go. Exactly. So you know it, sandwich. That I, your... I, I it's in my brain. So I think at some point in elementary school, we might have had Schoolhouse Rock, but enough for me to have that in my brain and i'm just a bill on capitol I'm hill something like bill. that speaking yes, i'm only a bill and they vote for me on capitol hill something like that those those lines are deeply embedded in my brain speaking and of physical media they'll come out i believe i have the dvd of schoolhouse rock downstairs i but, know i have yeah. it somewhere yeah. next, next, they are quality i mean the next time i'm at box. the west coast archive i'll have to watch no, schoolhouse uh, rock. Go, to you, go to youtube I think they're on YouTube. Yeah, but physical media, man. Physical yeah, media. Support physical media. So we have George Newall to thank for those. Janet. That's a good one. Quality. Interplanet Janet. Uh, elbow Room. Remember Elbow Room? Elbow Room. Elbow Room. All the history ones were awesome. And I remember being in high school. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it really quick. I remember being in a high school civics, social studies class, history class, and um, we were having a test. And one of the questions on the test was, what is the preamble of of the constitution and you heard people that that were humming <laughs> the people in order to form, form a more perfect, perfect union. union establish justice ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and ensure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. <laughs> that was great. That's and literally people in my class come in that and the teacher had to go, no schoolhouse rock. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was literally like trying to work the work it was like if you saw that movie what was that uh, i always forget the name of this movie the the beatles one where the guy wakes up and there are no beatles yesterday yesterday and he's like he's trying to work his way through uh through through one of those songs i can't remember which one it is um but he can't remember the words <laughs> he can't remember the words he's trying to work his way through it logically and it just doesn't make because the song doesn't make any sense Da, 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 da. Eleanor Rigby. He's trying to work his way through Eleanor Rigby, and it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, it's the same thing. And people are like, it's not... and my teacher literally had to go, no schoolhouse rock. <laughs> now, you were at like one or two like, grades. You, you were like a grade younger, right? So you were in a different classroom when that happened, Sandwich? Yeah, I was like a grade or two younger. So 
I was still in in middle school when that happened. They yeah. Probably, um, yeah. They they had phased it out after. Uh, yeah, Kev had left. They phased it out for us. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. All right. How about uh, Albert Pion, cult filmmaker behind movies such as Cyborg, Nemesis, and Captain America, the old one from the eighties. Oh, next. <laughs> uh, Kirstie Alley. I'll, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this before we get to Kirstie Alley. I will tell you this though. I think, and I'm just throwing this out there, and a million other people have as well. Uh, Hasbro's really missing the boat when it comes to not doing a box set of pre-MCU characters. Hulk, Thor, Daredevil, Captain America. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as the Fantastic Four, but all those standalone kind of guys, they just did one. They did the Spider-Man from Japan, the Toho Spider-Man. Yeah. And I I mean, it's, it's, it's not a great figure, but as a representation of Marvel live action in the 70s, it's really cool. And I think they would really do themselves a favor if they did a Lou Ferrigno Hulk mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck that Thor was, Daredevil, and um, uh, uh, and especially that Captain America. Maybe there's one or two more that I'm missing. What, but, you, you know, what like, about the Spider-Man from the TV show, right? Yeah. Do you know who that was? Oh, I, I mean, I can't think of the actor's name, but I know he's been in other things. Yeah, he has. He was also in a movie called The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah? Where he, yeah, he played Friedrich von Trapp, the eldest son That's right. of Captain von Trapp. I cannot remember his name. I've met him. He's a nice guy, but I can't remember his name. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, the, the point is everything leads back to Sound of Music. Yeah. That's the, that's the title of this episode. Episode 703. So, yeah. Everything leads back how to the Sound we, of Music. How can we connect everything to the Sound of Music? So there, that's, that's, the, that's the quiz for everybody. Six degrees of the sound. Of music. Six degrees of Sound of Music. I like it. That's good. Six degrees of Sound, sound of Music. But also, Kirstie Alley was in Star Trek, the motion picture, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, right? She was she Lieutenant was. Sevick. Yeah. She was replaced by Robin Curtis in in Search for Spock. I don't recall exactly why. I feel like it was because she might have gone to Cheers at that point, but I don't remember off the top of my head. You know, that actress that replaced her, like, well, what was her name? You just said it. Robin Curtis. Her eyes are like striking, right? She's got just they're very blue, right? Are they? I just if, if the actress that I'm thinking of that that replaced her, I'll I'll have to look that up later. We can talk I about don't it think later. She has blue eyes, or she had colored contacts on if she did. But I, uh, um, Nicholas Hammond I is his name, by the way. Peter Nicholas Parker. Hammond. Yeah, I knew it was Hammond. I couldn't remember the first name. Um, I cannot remember. Uh, what the reasoning was that I think it had, I feel like it had to do with cheers or something else. Why Kirstie Alley did not reprise her, her role as Lieutenant Savick uh, in the third Star Trek movie. Nope. Don't remember. So I take it back. I'm thinking of a different actress. It is not, it's not who I'm Are thinking you talking about. about the one from they live. I, I can't remember her name, but she's she had striking eyes and she was kind of a bit disturbing to look at, I thought, anyway. Yeah, okay. Well, we we can move on. But so Kirstie Alley okay. passed away at 71 of colon cancer, just like uh, uh, just like Kevin Conroy was colon cancer and just like uh, uh, 
Chadwick Boseman. So, you know, go get uh, get checked. That is a uh, very preventable form of cancer if given proper uh, proper checkups. So, go yep. go get yourself checked, folks. Uh, let's see. Now we have two musical greats in the rounding out the R.I.P. section this week. Uh, Angelo Abadalamenti, composer of the Twin Peaks theme, passed away at age 85. As you may know, I did a Twin Peaks podcast where I watched and discussed every episode of Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks The Return. So you can check that out on iTunes. It's called the Who Killed Laura podcast. Sorry. Um, oh, oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. I thought it was You'll Never Get This Time Back. <laughs> um, and then Christine McVie, founder of Fleetwood, founding member of Fleetwood Mac, passed away, 79. So this was a you know busy week in the in memoriam section. I'll play "In the Arms of the Angel" uh, by Sarah McLaughlin underneath that. Uh, the All right. Let's see. Did uh, do you know any uh, Fleetwood Mac songs, Sandwich? Um, there's the yes, he does. He's seen Guardians of the Galaxy. So Guardians of the Galaxy. I, but I don't want to go for that one. I know there's the one where it's like um. Song. It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's DMD. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's DMD. I got to get it into the first segment because you always expect it in the second segment. Yeah, kind of. And with that, we will bring this episode <laughs> of <laughs> TNG, episode 700 and something. The one we're calling Six Degrees of Sound of Music to a break, and we'll be right back with exciting DD news. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line 201. 7302547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right, here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices, like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments oh <clears throat> that's right we want you to tell us what's mm, on your mind what we are doing that you <laughs> like <coughs> so call us on the gvm line 201-730-2547 and you may hear yourself uh on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. 
Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Come on, Bigelow, give us a better name. Come on, Bigelow. How about Rocketeer? Rocketeer. Yeah! Wow. That's a word. Rocketeer it is. Hi, this is Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer, and you're listening to Geek Stuff TNG. I like it. Live from the sandwich shop. Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Kahuna Studios. It's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get one 18-scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates. Tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Here you go. Well, clear, now I'm sure. <laughs> 
that's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely parm crisp. That's right. No geek stuff TNG would be complete without parm crisp snack mix. Parm crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like parm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios. Three grams of net carbs per serving. Net carbs, Kev, does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber, you remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Parm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow, an independent company too. Looking at their website, parmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Parm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch, or sour cream and onion pouch. What's your favorite, Kev? I haven't seen sour cream and onion. What was that? I like like the original. I like the original, but the ranch one is fine too. I'd like to try sour cream and onion. It's probably very good. Yeah, you could get the variety pack. Oh, looking at all of the ingredients. Oh, you see, sir, I I get them at the Costco in the large size because I eat so many delicious parm crisps. Oh, looking at the website, let's see what's in the variety pack. You got cheddar, original, jalapeno, everything four cheese and sour cream they all sound delicious yeah but i don't think they're doing the big what is this 20 ounce i don't think they're doing are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors i don't know for more information on parm crisps go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today when you buy them mention geek stuff tng for absolutely no discount Reach them at checkout and look like a weirdo. (laughs) Reach out to them at farmcrisp.com and tell them you heard about farm crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's TNG. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's TNG. Sandwich? Comment? Am I going? Am I allowed to go now? You so can go. Go jump in front of me. Now, now Kevin and I will turn off the mics and we'll sit here like you did during the Star Trek segment at the beginning. Yeah. So, the last book of the 2022 cycle has just released last week. Dun, dun, dun. Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen has hit shelves and markets near you, folks. Now, first, I have to make a correction because I've been wrong when I talked about this book. This is not a source book this is a campaign module Isn't that what we said? didn't we say it was a campaign setting it, but this this runs there's a campaign that they run through it i was mistaken saying it was something okay. else okay this is a campaign uh runs you through levels one through eleven one through eleven uh, that's a big campaign yeah reasonably sized campaign 224 pages of wonderful content i'm gonna show the viewers so you have two uh book options Look this at all the, this prep that he did. This is the stock standard cover for those who are able to see through Instagram. You know, it's annual review time. He's gunning for a raise. He wants to double his uh, salary of nothing. So he, might, he might get that double raise this year. <laughs> he um, gets a car. 
There you go. Uh, so these books, uh, generic MSR, well, MSRP, $49.95. This is the alternate cover. Ooh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, I like that one. So these are the two covers you could buy in stores. There's more to come. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so this is this is the first time also you were able to go through the D&D, I guess, website, through Wizards of the Coast. You can get the um, the digital version as well and the physical as a bundle. That ran you $59.94. So basically for $10 more, you can get one of you can get the basic cover and um the online version for D D Beyond. Are, are the special covers the same MSRP or do they have a higher price point? Same MSRP. But same. You, but but they're just limited because you can only get limited, them at the stores. Yeah, they produce yeah. less of them. Yeah. yeah. So you know you'll probably see that normal cover in like two years at a at a store, maybe. Way higher chance of seeing that than you would see the special they, cover. I mean, yeah, if they you don't, don't get reprint, this... I I think they don't reprint the special covers. Right. That's my understanding. If you don't get it in the game store when it's new, you won't get it unless you buy it in the secondary market. Yeah, correct. And then one more thing. Let's see, I'm a little struggling offhand. Um, this is the first time they have come out with a deluxe edition. So I'm going to try to show that as best I can. Oh, so the, you got it's the a, game. You got it. You did it. You crazy box. bastard. You did it. Yep. All right. So what comes in this edition? I'm trying to show the back off. So what you get here, you get the special edition cover. You get a board game. Uh, I think it's Heroes of Kryn. A special DM screen you can only get in here so far. Not to say it's not going to come out later. And um, this big box. I mean, so so that box comes with the special edition cover. Special edition cover. So a also, board game. So limited. Exclusive yes. uh, DM screen. For now. Because I, I always feel weird saying that because I feel like they, they, could, they could put it out. I don't know. How do they have it listed on the box? That it only comes out here. It's exclusive here. It's just Hasbro, so I never know. Um, what was I going to say? This ran you $154.98. Now, these prices, I pulled the uh, the book price off just the book. The other two prices, the digital and the deluxe edition versions, I will pull directly from the uh, Wizards of the Coast D&D website where you would be ordering it there. So once again, this is a campaign book. It runs through levels one through eleven. Um, two new things were introduced in this book. So there's a new race that was introduced called the Kender. They're a small humanoid race. They're kind of like it's it's somewhere between. I think it's like a Hobbit a little bit. It kind of felt like a Hobbit to me, where it's like that curiosity and like tinkering and stuff like if it felt very hobbit to me it might not have been meant to be hobbit but it felt like a hobbit i mean isn't that a halfling yeah, yeah. no but i'm saying just this just felt more like a hobbit to me for some reason and maybe it's just me just like the way they described it felt hobbit like so is this is this race bigger or smaller than a halfling it's a small it's small it's a small human so it's small too so it's probably about the same size okay and then they introduced a new sorcerer, a lunar sorcerer, so, you know, imbued with moon magic and whatnot. Moon so that's fun. Magic. Yeah, moon magic. They only, moon uh, they only have power They only have power on a full moon. The rest of the, the, rest of the month, they're fucked. <laughs> um, the first 20 pages of this book is a lot of, like, lore about this different country. Because it's a whole different, like, 
continent with a whole different background and stuff and lore and you're fighting this essentially it's Tiamat they're saying it's I'm just I'm going to butcher this name a little bit Takesis but it's just Tiamat so you know evil dragons How, are evil well, dragons well is there not a difference between the two no they literally said the name they said parentheses Tiamat oh so now hold on okay so so let me let me ask a couple of quick questions about the D&D universe so yes. so like Dragonlance occurs in a region so it's like this is the lore of this area this continent right you go to a the different continent, continent and you get and yes. you'll find Greyhawk and you go to a different continent whereas some things occur in different dimensions but most of these I, I, I see it, Kevin shaking his head I'm wrong so no, no it it doesn't work it's not as smooth as that it should be but but it isn't at least unless they've changed it these things have always been sort of standalone worlds like Greyhawk you mentioned like Greyhawk has been the way I've always dis, uh, um, seen it described is that that's the world, the world of Greyhawk. No, not not the country of Greyhawk or the continent of Greyhawk. It was the world of Greyhawk. And so I've always taken them as standalone individual planets, for lack of a better expression. <clears throat> that idea of sort of exploration as part of D&D has always intrigued me. And it's always made it really easy to say, you're all on one world. And that, of course, led to my random character generation system where you could literally end up playing any character, any race that exists in D&D from any place and have those characters interact. So that's that's just one way of handling it. So what are, what are a few other ones, right? So you got, Dra you got Greyhawk, now there's Dragonlance. There's what are other like areas? So there's Faerun is like the classic. Like this is where a lot of like D and D takes place. It's just in Faerun on the, the I mean, Grey, continent Grey, of Faerun. Greyhawk we mentioned, um, Eberron. Eberron. So like so you in the classic sense, Eberron is a completely different world. You can't like yeah. get on a boat and go from Eberron to correct to Greyhawk. Okay. You can if you can if I'm your DM. Okay. But yeah, yeah I mean. But like, you have to be able to do that, but, but yeah, in in the the way it's written, no, you cannot. In the way you can write it, yes, you can. Right, but so like in Eberron and in in Greyhawk, all the same an monsters exist, all the same races exist. You know, it. So why wouldn't it just forms. be? I'm sorry, varying forms because you can play an elf from the Dark Sun region is a completely different elf from every other region. Completely and utterly different, but they're elves. Right, but there's no reason that they can't exist from... You can't take a Dark Sun Elf and then go over to Greyhawk and play a Greyhawk campaign. There's no reason you can't do that, right? The theoretical reason or the written reason would be that it would be taking a character from one world and placing it on another world. That would be the reason you couldn't do that, as it's written. However, I find it more interesting to have somebody have a character or create a character or randomly select a race of a character, particularly one that they haven't played before. You know, one of the things that I emphasize as a DM and not to go on forever about this, but one of the things that I emphasize as a DM is um, role-playing. 
and character development and character creation. And so when I'm the DM, you're going to spend a good amount of time creating your character. And I don't mean simply the rolling of the dice and picking uh, which which sword and, and skirt you wear. I mean, the especially in my random generator that I've been working on for decades, especially using that system, the idea is that you need to be ready for anything. You could roll anything. If it's a playable race, if it has ever been a playable race in D&D, it's in that list. Of course, I'll update it now because there's new ones. But the point is, every race, every race that is playable is in that list. So what if you're a, you know, one the last time, uh, the last time I ran a game, a guy became, um, this was purely rolled this way. He there's a race of like turtle men. Mm-hmm. Turtles. Am I not turtles? turtly enough for Something you? Like that. Turtle, yeah. turtle, and, turtle, and, turtle. And, and they rolled. Yeah, and they rolled, and since it was completely randomly generated, he rolled that race and he rolled assassin. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. And that's and you knew exactly what that character looked like, didn't you? You know, because it's exactly what you think. I mean, it looks like a Ninja Turtle because that's effectively what it, the point I'm making is that, you know, that, that kind of, and, and, but there were a hundred other things, not a hundred, there was maybe a dozen other character traits and history and everything else that that player needed to create for this character. And what I have to do as the dungeon master is integrate that story into the story that we're all playing. And that's one of the things that I enjoy doing. Let's create a random character. Let's, let's figure out what his background is. And then let's stick him in with these other random characters. And how do they all interact? Where do some of them cross? What if some of them are from the same region of this enormous world with all these smaller civilizations on them you know what if they're from the same place what if they're enemies from the same place that can happen and i think that's that's part of the fun of D D. It to me anyway is that character development process so and scene all right so back to <laughs> back to the books yes um so like i said um so all the new stuff there aside you had a good campaign. You go from one to eleven. Um, I'll go to eleven, and, and it does a good job at eleven at the end. Uh, not to be super spoily, where they kind of leave it at a point where, if you want to, which I think is great, you can keep going. Like it leaves a natural like, and then now you write everything else after this, which I enjoyed because it just it lets you kind of you know dragons are like the only thing that have like an entire book of its own. So you can keep just fighting dragons until the end of the game at level 20. And it'll make sense because you have uh, level appropriate dragons. So, you know, I think that's a great feature. We, we, you know, I would love for them to write a campaign that goes that deep, but they at least leave the story open for you to do it yourself. That's cool. I appreciate that. Uh, what else we got here? Some, uh, a small list of items of gear new to this area and magic items. Um, the magic items weren't great. You know, obviously they introduced like a dragon lance, which is a weapon that's great against dragons. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. 
And then they introduce uh, in the realm of just items, some basically like they introduce a backpack walkie talkie. They introduce a sling with a pointy end. They introduce a backpack that's sometimes a parachute. And sometimes it fails. And then they introduced a cannon and then a people launcher. So, you know. Do people just a pull thing. a fastball special at the dragons in Dragonlance? Is that what is that what we're doing? We're just yes, gonna yes, that people launcher and that dragon lance, and you fastball special into a dragon. <laughs> Absolutely. Then to round out this wonderful book, you have the uh, monster manual, a bunch of new monsters. The one thing that I enjoyed was uh they expanded on this thing, the draconians. Um, which are basically taking a dragon egg and then bastardizing it with magic, and then it hatches and becomes a draconian. So that they they expanded on that in this book, which is cool because we haven't seen. That so that's different. That's different than a dragonborn in the in the regular. Yeah, yeah, universe. it's taking a dragon egg and full on bastardizing it with magic, and is then a draconian it is a draconian a humanoid. It's a it looks humanoid, but it's like different than a dragonborn. Okay. Because it comes literally from a dragon egg, but it looks humanoid. Okay. Um, so that was cool. And then, like, I think we talked about the pullout map, which, you know, if you're brave. I thought about buying a book um, just to be able to take out the map. Just because, you know, at some point in my life, I want to take And return it. <laughs> Go buy it from Barnes & Noble, take the map out, return the book. Yeah. It's I a shitty thing it. to do. But I'm pretty sure... There's multiple, I may be wrong, multiple uh, sellers on Etsy who I think make those maps so that you don't have to pull yeah. the book. You know, that's the one thing I'll say about D&D books I think we need to work on in the future is just having these things in like a, like a sealed folder that comes with the book so you can take yep. it out of the folder, you know, instead of this tear shit. That might cost um, another buck or two, though. I'll take that dollar. For me having access to a map that I bought, <laughs> but but really, could I mean you can go? There's a million places where you can just download that map for free. Oh yeah, well, and no, then print just, it up yourself. A, that's not a nice. Point. It's a nice big handout, so that's why I like yeah. it. That's not the point. The point is not that you're able to tear it out. That's not the point. Or or you know that that you can download it. The point is is that they're selling something that is. You know, they, again, this is Hasbro completely ignoring the fact that there's a collector community and just saying, well, you know what? It's meant to be torn out. N no, it doesn't have to be. You know, you're choosing to have it that way. I don't know. Again, is it cheaper to make a perforated map and have it inserted than a loose map in some kind of little plastic pouch that folds into the back of the book or, or something like that i don't know so, so I'm, I'm, Hasbro. I'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess it's probably cheaper which is why they do everything so so this was a, a bundle and lots of times like when they create these things they also like 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 the the special dm screen what if they sold here's the book with the map in the back and for an extra five bucks you get an extra copy of that map that's already pulled out that you can just unfold would, you know, what's the price point that you would pay for it to be exactly the same quality as it is in the book, just already separated and come and, and purchased on it's, its own? Well, the point is, is that that's redundant. The, the point is, is if, if there is a desire from a certain segment of the user base of your product 
that the map should be already removed yet somehow able to be stored you know it's 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 got to be I, I imagine it can't be that much more to tip in like a full i can imagine like this i can imagine this like a like a thicker cardboard pocket yeah maybe it's the last thing inside of the inside back cover and it's big enough where you can slide the map in and still have it preserved and able to be used but also still come with the book i got to imagine that that can't be more expensive than doing a perforated map that you tear out of the book which by the way affects the binding of the book over time so you know if you tear it out i mean because it unevens the binding of the book so you know again Hasbro caring about the now and not about the future. So it's funny. I, I played a game of D&D and the DM had bought the book with a map and he, the fucking madman, ripped it out for real. <laughs> and it was great to have the map. But I felt like I was touching sin. I'm like, I'm not. You did this? It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm like, no, you store that. And then you you just you could just show us a picture. Yeah, or 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 you, yeah. Again, you go on Etsy, Etsy, and then you print it how out. How many yeah. books come out a year that have maps in them? Three. All right, let's say they're twenty bucks a piece. So it's sixty dollars more. It's the price of one more book. You have maps that you can actually use. Yeah, I'm in. So what's what's funny is, uh, in honor of this, I did a quick uh, recap in my own mind of the books that came out this year. And I'll be honest, it is not me trying to be like uh, you know a little edgy. Wasn't a great year, in my opinion, honestly. Wasn't a huge fan of some of these well, books. What, what, what were the... Let's go down the list. Yeah, sure. Since so you did all this homework, I'm, yeah. first of all, very proud of you. And second... Show proud. Uh, yeah, let's go down the list. Let's, let's see so what So we started off with the Critical Role campaign, Rise of the Netherdeep. Now, no, my bias for Critical Role being a horrible intro to D&D will show through. Um, I imagine the campaign itself was fine, but Critical Role has left such a bad taste in my mouth because I've met some people who are like, why aren't you uh, treating it like Matt Mercer or any of the people on the show would? Oh, it's professional voice actors? Because I'm a fucking HVAC tech. <laughs> I don't get paid <laughs> to I don't get paid to do voices. I get paid to fix your air conditioning. Sir, you are an unpaid fun. associate on a semi-successful 700-episode podcast, and don't you forget it. So, yeah, not a huge fan of that. Second book that came out this year, Monsters of the Multiverse. Now, it was a monster book. It was fine. I didn't, you know, hate it. I didn't love it. It was good to just, you know, compile a bunch of stuff together. I would never turn my nose up, I don't think. I don't think I would ever turn my nose up on a source book. No. A monster book, a spell book, uh, uh, like a player's guide extension, uh, things like that. Like 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 the seven of them that are already out there, I I wouldn't turn my nose up at any of those because they expand the possibilities of the home brew. That's yes. never ever ever bad. Yeah, never. No. So uh, all right, what what's next? Number three was Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. This was a collection of one shots that took place in like the astral plane. Essentially, it was fine. Uh, I haven't found myself using the book. I don't know anyone who's used that book. Not to say it's a bad book, but I mean, I just haven't heard much of it or from it since it came out. 
And that was followed by Spelljammer, that collection of Spelljammer books that came out. Um, that racist book. The racist book. I have the racist copies. I, I have I have two in a box, unopened and sealed, that I'm waiting to sell at some point in the future. There you go. Um, you know, with that said about <laughs> the source books, um, my only slight issue with Spell, Spelljammer felt kind of small. Still, even though it gave us a lot of content, it still felt small because even though it gave us three books, it was like under 200 pages and this one had 224 pages. So, you know, it felt like we could have had a little more, but I was still happy to have Spelljammer. I think Spelljammer has been and will always be a tough sell. Mm -hmm. And I think sort of putting... Maybe sort of putting some restrictions on its size probably reflects that. Yeah. Because let's be honest, Spelljammer could be humongous. It's universal. Yeah. You know, it literally, you know, what I plan on doing if I, if I ever do like Spelljammer or if I ever play D&D again ever uh, and run a game, if it ever happens to go in that direction, I'm just taking, I'm just taking the, what you call it, uh what's that other game i collect sandwich uh star star jammer no no spell st- uh, it's star star finder finder yeah and star, star something finder? space finder star... whatever the space version of pathfinder yes that one i would just take just all the material from that and convert it and be able to you know use it with spell jammer if i was ever going to go that direction so i get the idea like I said, I think it's a tough sell. So I think putting res- not restrictions, but limitations. Starfinder. Starfinder. There it is. How, why do you have that? Oh, I bought it as a map and I hated it, but I just didn't want to give it back. Oh, okay. I know a box you can put that in. I don't, you might have, I'll give it to you, Sharky. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I may have it already, but yeah. That aside, uh, I, I mean stuff. I mean that's that's an opportunity to take the characters, Starjammer, a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I mean utterly, completely different direction, and using material like Starfinder and so on and so forth. You know, yeah, that's kind of where I think Spelljammer. I think that's why it began and ended with mm-hmm. that release. I don't think we're going to see any expansions. No, I think we're going to see a shit ton for Dragonlance because that's the history. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're ever going to see anything else for Spelljammer. I'm a little surprised we didn't see more for Eberron because that was a really popular book. Yeah. Really popular campaign setting, but we haven't. So, yeah, what do I know? You know, and then I think everything leads... better than Hasbro. <laughs> this leads into, you know, so this year coming up, we have six more D&D books for 5e. Oh, was this the first books in Spelljammer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought we missed one. Okay. Nope. Um, you know, this is the this next year coming up is the last year of full 5e before we launch into uh 6th edition. I know they're calling it 1D&D, but One it's D&D. I, 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 I'm really getting pissed off about the fact that we're trying to not call it 6th edition. Um, you know, they've already released, you know, some uh basically unearthed arcana material, playtest material for you to start testing it out with your friends. Uh, for certain classes and races and stuff, 
I've done some deep dives. It's interesting, but it is different. Um, I don't see how the backwards compatibility is going to work from fifth to sixth edition, which is something they advertised. But I mean, maybe, maybe I'm just not seeing it yet, or maybe they lied. Who knows? Um, you know, we'll see where this develops going forward, you know, but it's, it's a weird, not- stupid idea by Hasbro. And what it's going to do is it's going to kill it's going to kill the advances that D&D has made. D&D right. is really mainstream. You got a lot of people playing it. It's a, it's turning up in more and more different media, stranger things and so on. It's all over the place and it's perfectly fine the way that it is. But we're going to fuck with it anyway because if we don't put out a new volume a new edition you know oh suddenly people will stop playing the numbers have steadily increased in 5e over the course of its existence but they still feel the need to put out a sixth edition fucking stupid yeah you know it's it's fucking hasbro man i honestly never thought and this is me just being like you know maybe it's because i'm a young a young person you know i didn't see the reason or ever think there'd be a reason to change away from 5e because i felt like it brought some people in and it's easy to learn relatively and now i'm at a point where i'll be one of those old guys who like oh grandpa let's play dnd i only play fifth edition this eighth edition bullshit i don't stand for i only play a dnd i don't want to have the red box and the coveted blue box i don't want to be that guy and we wore an onion tied to our belt which was the style at the time (laughs) <laughs> and the streetcar costs a nickel <laughs> but yeah no looks like I might end up being that old craggly guy soon because I, I, I don't see anything about 6 in the blue box in Japanese he actually does for yeah, uh, actually the does. new listeners he does have those boxes in Japanese I was there when he bought them at Star Wars Celebration oddly enough what a strange place every, to find every big purchase I made at Star Wars Celebration had nothing to do with Star Wars, <laughs> except autographs. Yeah, that was Ewan McGregor. That one. How much was that? I bought those two boxes, and I bought um, a diecast, like robot. What I say is six-inch scale robot from Star Blazers. Uh, I can't remember the robot's name. Shoot. Anyway, that robot. That's what I bought. To wrap up this little D&D session uh, yeah. that we've been doing. Yes. Um, in conclusion, I thought Dragonlance was fine. I appreciate the, the idea of a dragon-based campaign. I'm shocked it took all this time to have a full dragon-based campaign. It wasn't uh, the first. I, in a while, I feel like. It's I was going to say, wasn't the, wasn't the Rise of Tiamat, wasn't that the first campaign that came out? Yeah, first but like, it wasn't the, it was I don't think it was the first one. The first couple ones. Yeah, I, I just feel it's been a while. You know, and you know, I feel you like know there was another is. dragon one in there too, wasn't so there? So the, there was Horde of the Dragon Queen That's and Rise of Tiamat, which yeah. kind of rolled into one another. Um, I've played those. I wasn't a huge fan of them personally. That's not to say they're bad. It it's might have just Tiamat been the comp- an impossible foe. Yeah, it's a, just it's too overwhelming. You know, I don't remember how this works currently in Five E, but you know. It used to be one of those things like where if you had a character and you were suddenly in front of Tiamat, like you had a role, maybe it was a constitution check 
or whatever we called it back then, just to see if you didn't tuck tail and run as fast as you could in the opposite direction. Die right? of fright. They they stat blocked her in the in the dragon book that came out, Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. Uh, they gave her a stat block, and it's gross. I wanted to throw up reading it. Enjoy. Uh, um, can can you can you person. clarify that comment? Is she's too easy, too low level, or no, no, too no? Hard? Like it's gross. Like you'll 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 die just staring at the stat block. It's okay. fucked up. All right, it's fucked up in the that, best way it's possible. Fear. It's fear. So so just a quick question, right? So Fizzbang's Treasury of Dragons, yes, um, and and the Tiamat in Rise of Tiamat would mm-hmm. not be associated with the world of Dragonlance because it's a different world. So you could use the dragons in Fizz... Because Fizzbands is just like a source book of just like, here's dragons for a bunch of different levels. Um, so you could use that. Um, you could use Rise of Tiamat, I guess. The only thing is, like I said, this is a whole different... We talked about this is a whole different world. So um, the places and names will be different. Um, which, which this is one of those things in my world... Uh, my world view of D and D, dragons are one of those things they can traverse. It is extraordinarily difficult for them to do it too, but they can do it. Yeah, and, and, and they know. I mean, Tiamat, my, my world, Tiamat is unique. There's just one Tiamat. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, so you, and, you're fi- you're fighting Tiamat here too. The Dragon Queen is Tiamat. Shadow of the Dragon Queen is Shadow of Tiamat. Okay. Yeah. And, so and, and, my thought there, my thought there is that. Dragons are ageless for all intents and purposes. Uh, I mean, no one knows how long they could have been around. No one knows. I mean, while in one section of my worldview, Tiamat could be a legend that's 10,000 years old, while Tiamat is alive and well, having traversed into a different area of the world, you know, for for a, a time or just moving around and so on and so forth. Like a shark, wherever the feeding is best. You know, and maybe not feeding in this case, but whatever it is that the dragon is is looking for, perhaps it's ended up in that particular place where the characters meet it because, and maybe it's been there, maybe she's been there for a thousand years, who knows? But the point is, is that's, that is a character, that is a, a race uh, that could, with difficulty, but successfully traverse uh, the worlds. So, there you go. There you go. And we'll do this then. It's D&D. Warriors that terrify. It's D&D. And with that, we will bring this episode <laughs> wait, of Geek Stuff. Wait, to- what, what are you going to do next? Fortnite. Here's an article. Parents say their kids won't eat or shower because they're addicted to Fortnite and they slam Epic Games with a lawsuit. Kev... I'm going to be your de facto parent and I'm going to file a lawsuit on your behalf because you are addicted to Fortnite. And we're going to have an intervention. It's a double duty intervention. Fortnite. I can't be and- addicted to everything. <laughs> you know, it brings me a little enjoyment. It's a stupid, stupid idea that you're going to bring a lawsuit against a video game company. Hey, here's an idea, parents. You have a problem with your kid playing video games? Take the fucking game away. Parent. Oh, and here's the other thing you do. Beat them. <laughs> you can't do that nowadays. B- big Kev's parenting stuff. Then they'll, then they'll sue you. That's too damn bad. You. 
I'm tired That's of this, Grandpa. It's too damn bad. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for all of you to have kids so that I can beat I, them. I, I, I occasionally suffered a whooping when I was a young warthog. I remember the fear. My mom will have a wooden spoon in her hand and just raise it. And I'll, whatever the fuck I'm doing, I'll just shut up. I'm just, I'm just waiting to be bad cop for all, all of my friends. Uh oh, <laughs> you want me to call what? Uncle Kev? You better, be, you better behave yourself. Kev? That's right. I'll be your boogie man. You bet I will. I'll be your general wound work. There you go. There's a reference for you. No one gets that reference. Yeah. Yeah, that one went way over my head. None of you, literally, none of you have a literary uh, bone in your body. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shameful. Uh, all right. Where its body was never found. Uh -huh. And in the years that followed, mothers would tell their their children that if they did not do as they were told the general would get them such was Woundworth's monument and perhaps it would not have displeased him here, here comes the general there you go look that up if you know who general what what's his name general grievous Woundworth. Woundworth. who would you rather come after you sandwich general Woundworth or general grievous he's got four lightsabers i think he's gonna win yeah, and you could boot General Woundworth <laughs> through the uprights and score three points. So, oh, it's oh, that's what this is. Oh, sandwich figured it out. A quick Google. Did you find that paragraph I, that I just quoted? Uh, not yet. Not looking it up. Uh, no, I just looked at the name. Um, oh, okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it away. Oh. That's, do, do we have a, do we have a prize for the first person to call in and? I wish we had a thing from that thing to give a prize because that would be awesome. But we probably do, except you know it's in storage. Yeah, if you are the first person to call in and tell us where General Woundward is from, you will win hearing your voicemail on this very program. You can call the GVM line two zero one seven three zero two five four seven. Uh, be sure you're following the show on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's GeekStuffTNG and all those places. And do follow hey. us on Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG where you can support the show in various different ways. Sandwich, I can hear him already. Hey, you know who this is. General Woundwork <laughs> comes yeah. Hold on, I dropped my beer. Hold on, I broke my bones picking up my beer. Oh, my bones! Let's oh, so wait, hold on. Quick, quick aside, is this the last one for the holidays? Are we doing one next week? What's next week? The 20th, I don't know. Next week would be the, oh, the yeah, 19th. the 19th, 20th. We should do one, wait, what's the day? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do one, at least one more before did, did, Christmas. I don't remember. Did we say we were doing, well, can we like finish the show and then yeah. discuss this so I can look at a calendar because I have no, no equipment? Oh, yeah, no, I just wanted to, I don't know if any of you say goodbye. an actual episode today with all the equipment available, so. You can find me on Instagram and Fortnite at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. You can find me uh, as Piday Scott and Piday Scott one on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. Uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, yeah, I don't, that's all. That's all I got. You can find me on xbox one but mostly fortnite because apparently i'm addicted to everything as big kev gs and geek stuff 
nope bk geek stuff everywhere else i think and with that we will bring this episode of geek stuff tng episode 703 the one we called six degrees of sound of music even though we did not make a sound of music reference in the entire second segment we're still sticking with that title and we will end that show the way we end some episodes by saying good night clarence gilliard wherever you are Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Hugh. Cool whip. Say cool. 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 Say no whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Whip. <laughs> What's the other All one? Right. Wesley. Is it, is, it's uh, Quill Wheaton. Quill Wheaton. Quill Wheaton. And on that note, we cue the music.
All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>